Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, it is great to have all of you here. You may be seated. Today is the second Sunday of Christmas, the eighth day of Christmas. However, this Thursday, January 6th, marks the 12th night and the start of the season of Epiphany. And a lot of our Orthodox and Eastern Christian friends and brothers and sisters will be celebrating the feast then. And there's a reason why there's a bit of an overlap, but that's for another sermon, and I can talk to you about that at another time. But uh, whenever you watch the Discovery Channel and they say that Christmas is in December because we baptize like a pagan holiday, that is completely false. Uh, Christians have been celebrating Christmas this time of year since the very beginning. Now... Epiphany, which we will begin next week, and it begins on the 6th, means revelation. And the readings will reflect the great truth that Jesus is the revelation of the one triune God to and for the whole world. And so as we walk through those readings, I want you to pay attention to that truth. But the reading for January 6th always tells us about the arrival of the Magi, our gospel reading today wise men from the east now uh, who have come to worship Jesus. However, as we wrap up Christmas, what I'd like us to do today is take a look at this profound reading and uh, take a look at what it means for us today. And as we do, I want us to like peel back uh, kind of our mind's eye view of Western art where the wise men look like Venetian noblemen, Mary looks like a plump Flemish maiden, and uh, Jesus, Jesus looks like this like fat Scottish baby boy, all set in a very tame English garden just dripping with moralism. Uh, drop that view from your mind. Because there is a profundity and a scandal that's missed that would have stuck out to the first readers of this text, the first hearers of this story. Now, as many of you know, Matthew was written to the early Jewish church to demonstrate that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited son of David. And the first encounter that Jesus has with shepherds, well, you know, that's it's a little gritty, but that's fine because in the prophets and in the Old Testament, shepherds are the embodiment of Israel. However, wise men from the East, magi, this would have been a scandal to the first hearers for two very specific reasons. The first reason, magi were not kings. This is a tradition that developed in the medieval church. Magi, where we get the word magician from, were practitioners of sorcery and astrology from Persia. This is so scandalous to pious ears. So scandalous, because these were idolaters. These were breakers of the first four commandments. These were pagan outsiders, Gentile pagans, and this is why if you hear a sermon about being like a wise man, run the other way because you've entered into the realm of moralism and not the gospel. You don't want to be like a wise man. This is huge. Pagans are showing up 
to pay homage to the king of Israel. Now, they're not only pagans. This is the second reason this would have been scandalous to the first years. The magi visiting Jesus. Because they tell King Herod, what do they tell him? For we have observed his star in the rising and have come to pay him homage. Now, this is both scandalous and significant. Because in Jewish history, if you read the end of 2 Kings, read the end of 2 Chronicles, read the context of the prophets, the last time anyone of significance came from the east to to meet a king of Israel was to destroy them, to take them into captivity. This is scandalous because you have pagan enemies of God's people coming to pay homage to the king of Israel before anyone in Jerusalem knows what's going on. Do you see the significance of this? And this is my first point. The magi visiting the baby Jesus is not about an example you should follow. Rather, in the visitation of the magi, God is giving us all a scandalous epiphany of grace. God, through the baby Jesus, reveals himself first to those who are least deserving those who are tainted and blinded by false religion, those who on their own are enemies of God and his people. And this is good news for you and I. Because this is still how God operates. By grace. Revealing himself to his enemies. As St. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now God has reconciled you, past tense, reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. God Revealing and saving his enemies. The next insight is how the Magi found the Messiah. And this one is really relevant to where we all are today, especially to the folks who think they find God on the golf course or, you know, uh, discover God in nature. That's a very romantic idea. Comes out of like France in the 17th century. The Magi, they find it by following a star. And it's really interesting, too. Daniel was a Magi. If you read the opening chapters of the book of Daniel, it tells you that he's a Magi. But the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, and the Persians, all these people from this region, what they did was they had a tradition of ascribing a constellation to the nations that they had conquered. And so it's interesting. There is this star in Bethlehem. In the, in the constellation of probably Judah. Astronomer Michael Molnar, in his book, The Star of Bethlehem, suggests that it was an astrological conjunction. And they're able to like retrace the skies now with computers, and they believe that Jupiter, Saturn, the moon, and the sun all combined in the early morning hours in the constellation of Aries in the year six. This would have been around the time of Jesus' birth. 
But whatever it was, that's not the important thing. What you need to know is that the heavens were announcing that God had come to earth. The heavens were announcing the birth of Jesus. However, here we begin to make a distinction between what we call general revelation and special revelation. All of nature announces that there's a God. All of nature does. You can deny it all you want. And oftentimes when I listen to a lot of atheists, methinketh the lady doth protest too much. I mean, you look out at the vastness. You look out at the, just the wonder and the splendor of the whole thing. St. Paul reminds us in Romans that the heavens declare God's glory. But this is called general revelation. You see, you take a look at a sunset or a hurricane, and it will tell you a lot about God. It will tell you there's beauty involved with God. It'll tell you he's powerful. Yet, a sunset and a hurricane alone, God is at best, he's indifferent to you, and at worst, he's capricious. He doesn't care. Nature, general revelation, you see, will not tell you if God is good. God in nature is actually silent and he's hidden. And if you've ever encountered real nature, like a storm, it is terrifying. The Magi had come from the east following that star. But where did it take them originally? It takes them to Jerusalem. General revelation. It takes them to Herod's court. See, it makes sense because general revelation can't tell you any of the distinctions about God. And so a newborn king of the Jews must be a child of Herod, the king of the Jews. But what do we discover? Whoops, that's the wrong king. More on Herod a a little bit later, uh, maybe in another sermon. Herod is a reflection of our modern culture today. You know, saying one thing but means another. But they go to the wrong king. Because the star can't tell these magi what kind of king of the Jews is God's king. That he's meek. That he's mild. That he's gentle. That he demonstrates strength and weakness and total control in the midst of chaos. No. They need special revelation. They need the scriptures. Our gospel reading tells us that the scribes of Herod's court had to consult the scriptures, this special revelation, so that they would know where God's king of the Jews was to be born. They needed the Bible. Because from beginning to end, it speaks of Jesus, the only God, fully and completely revealed in a way that humanity can comprehend it. We may not like that revelation, but this is the revelation we've received. And it speaks to the deepest parts of our hearts. And so the scriptures tell them all that God's king would be born, quote, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so as it's been written by the prophets, the prophet Micah. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, 
for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. You see, this is my second point, and it's very important. This is why the Bible is so important. A star, general revelation, like the Magi, can only tell you so much about God. God is actually hidden in nature. He doesn't speak to you. You cannot know him personally in nature alone. However, if you want to know who God actually is, personally, you need the scriptures. You need a special revelation where we're told God's king becomes a man and exercises his power in weakness to save those under him. We need special revelation. We need the prophet Micah and all of the prophets to tell us that God's king of the Jews is born in Bethlehem of Judea, David's birthplace, a rest stop outside of Jerusalem, literally. This is where God's king is born because God's special revelation, the scriptures teach us that God chooses the lowly and the meek things to shame the powerful and the wise. So moved by the scriptures, the Magi go to Bethlehem and have a divine encounter, but in the most undivine of ways. Contrary, once again, to the art you've seen at the Met, there are no gold leaf halos in this scene or fireworks. You've got like an exhausted teenage mother and a little baby. You think one of the Magi would have shown up with some diapers or formula? Did you guys see that funny cartoon? That then the three wise women arrive and they show up with like uh, diapers and formula? It's great. But there's nothing but a young girl and a baby living in a manger. There's nothing really regal about this scene at all. Yet this encounter changes everything about the Magi. And how do we know that? Because Matthew writes, they left their own country by another way. That's very significant. It's an interesting truth. And this is where it meets you. Bethlehem means house of bread. And there the Magi encountered the bread of life. The living bread that has come down from heaven. Now here's how it connects to you. In a moment, we will also have a divine encounter in the most unregal of ways around this table where we will partake in the bread that is his body. And the promise of the gospel is when you encounter God through these sacramental means, his word, water, bread, He never leaves you the same. When Christ encounters you today, and believe me, he will, you'll go back to your life, and you're going to go back to your jobs, and you're going to go back to your community. But like the Magi, on another road. It's called the road of faith. And it began in Bethlehem, and it meets you right here in St. George's Church. This is my third point. The epiphany for us today. 
Let this rest deeply in your hearts. Is the gospel does something to us. And it's profound. The gospel justifies you. It makes you holy. And it sanctifies you all at once. The gospel converts you from being an enemy of God to a friend and a beloved child. And where the gospel is heard and it's believed and confessed, it makes us new people. And you're new people. Wise men and women in the way of faith. And you already didn't finish your resolution. You're a new people. And beginning down this aisle, Christ has given each and every one of us a new road to walk, a new way of seeing yourself, a new way of thinking. Christian, and I'm talking to all of you, Christian, the road you walk is the road of forgiveness and grace, the road of being embraced by God, especially when you don't think you deserve it. And this road for now places us back in the world and placed back in the world to shine in the darkness for the sake of our neighbors, reflecting the one who is light of light and very God of very God for all. So never forget, you shine as stars in the darkness and you shine for the sake of your neighbor so that someday they might have the same epiphany. You've been changed. We're all going down a different road, the road of faith, as friends and children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.